BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Another episode of Awful Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? Oh, Derek, we are back for another fun-filled weekly episode filled with a useless fact, a little bit of Bill's talk, quick shout-out to the sponsors, and naturally we will be having a quick dram to go with it. Dram. So just to start off hot, uh, quick shout-out to our sponsors, Addie's Fine Wine and Spirits. Thank you so much for your logo. And Queen City Creative Works is an Etsy shop on Royds, family-owned local small business in Buffalo. If you want to support two businesses in one, head on over to QueenCityCreativeWorks.com. Scroll down to their Shop Now button. And feel free to pick up some items. They can ship it right to your door via USPS no matter what state you live in. Branded merchandise and items across the board. Queen City, thank you for your continued partnership slash sponsorship. Today's useless fact... Canada has more lakes than the rest of the world's lakes combined. It's home to 879,800 lakes. Where are they all like across the entire country or are they like yeah, and it centralized up to the no, north? Like no, what everywhere. are they considering lakes though? What do you mean? Are you confused by the question? <laughs> A lake is a lake. But, like, what defines a lake? Larger than a pond. Fully connected by land all around? I don't know, bro. <laughs> all I know... Because there, there's a way that Canada can cheat with this. Because there is so many small islands on the northern part and, like, the northeastern part of Canada where literally nothing else is around there. There's these small islands. And are they, like, making these random small, like, areas into lakes? Because that's not fair. Well, think about Georgian Bay, right? Everyone down here, talk in reference to Canada, everyone up here in Buffalo talks about how there is, oh, New York State. There's a thousand islands. Oh, it's amazing. Georgian Bay is 30,000 islands, right? Like, and it's five hours north of Buffalo, and it's beautiful up there. The fishing's incredible. So, how many lakes are in Georgian Bay? Well, it's a bay, so it's pretty much the same size as Georgia, bro. It's not true. But <laughs> when you're up there, there's a lot of horse flies, and the milk comes in a bag, and it's really weird. 
but 879,800 lakes. That's just a lot, man. That's a lot of water. And it's a lot coming from a place where they only use a 16th of land. They're all hovering down here. Right. You know? But, like, there's a difference between Lake Huron and, like, a random small lake. Like, I'm very suspicious on how they're categorizing. Because how much lakes do the rest of the world have? That seems bonkers to me. It's a great fact. It is a great fact. I do agree with that. But I just don't understand how it's possible. How it's possible to have 879,000 lakes? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, too. You just got a lot of holes in your country, bro? <laughs> they actually do. So Saskatchewan is basically one big Swiss cheese, bro. Like, imagine you have Swiss cheese in every single hole they consider a lake. There you go. Also, quick note from last week's episode. It's called a 1031 exchange. That's what I was referring to, not a Chapter 31 or a Charter 31 with last week's useless fact. If you're interested in what the hell I'm talking about, go back to last week's episode. Check that out. All right, so fun fact, on top of that, they don't consider bays lakes. So this literally is just a ton of holes within the country Canada, and that's it. Will Canada ever go underwater with all these holes? I mean, this is crazy. It's like having a ship with holes in the bottom. Oh, you can't add mass onto Earth. <laughs> one, of, one of these weeks, we have to sit down and read the reaction comments to the most recent uploads on our channel because they are hilarious. People got pissed. We had no idea about, like, we knew about mass, but people were Correct. getting really mad at us. Yeah, it's we get it. You pay for porn. Like, relax. <laughs> I just, oh my goodness, people. It's not that serious. I just think of, like, lakes as Lake Erie. And I'm like, there's no way Canada has 800,000 Lake Eries. But it's probably a lake more like Green Lake in Orchard Park. Like, they consider that a lake. Is there, can you look up right now, is there a legal requirement on what constitutes a lake versus a pond? Versus just a body of water. <sighs> like, there has to be a size requirement, right? Or a depth. Okay, so what constitutes a lake? Yes. The definition of lakes and why there's no standardization. Perfect. Perfect. See, I told you Canada was cheating. A pond is a body of water less than 0.5 acres in an area or less than 20 feet in depth. A lake is a body of water bigger than an acre, although size is not a reliable indicator of its water quality. So size doesn't matter. Depending on your source. <laughs> so, so anything bigger than an acre is a lake. And greater than 20 feet deep is a lake. So they say. Okay, I can get behind that. At least there's parameters around it. But still, less than an acre or greater than an acre. I mean, we've looked at houses. On We're looking at acres of land. Acre isn't that big. I know. I feel like I've seen some ponds that are flirting with the legal requirements of being called a pond. Yeah, but they're not 20 feet deep. I'll show you 20 feet deep. <laughs> so if you're over an acre but like four feet deep, are you a pond? Or what are you? Can we not? We can't. I'd much rather talk about Matt Milano for the next four hours than trying to distinguish between a pond and a lake. I just think Canada's cheating. All right, anyway. Um, the only thing they're cheating is their healthcare system. Damn right, dude. It's a train wreck. It's free. 
<laughs> oh my god. What a load of horse baloney that is. So bad. Freaking Mounties. We are two weeks into the Bills season. The Bills have a one and one record. We lost to the incredible New York Jets in week one, and we won against the Las Vegas, still considered Oakland in my eyes, Raiders in week two. We talked a little bit about our expectations for this year, but week one was a train wreck. And clearly, most of the blame is on Josh Allen. I mean, no one's denying that. Even Josh Allen is saying that was on me because he threw stupid interceptions. But you say it's attributed to preseason being too short and a couple other factors. But do you think that there's anything else that contributes to that loss? Like, do, do you think that the Jet defense is just that good? that they just tricked Josh Allen into making throws? They have our number. I don't understand what it is, but he doesn't play well against the Jets. He doesn't. Historically, statistically, mm-hmm. just run the numbers. It's not great. Um, comparatively to, like, Miami, where it's like he's literally their dad. So, I don't know. Or what, New England. New England probably better. Their middle linebacker plays really well against us every single time, and it's so annoying Last year, when he was out because of an injury, he went out after, like, the second quarter, and it literally changed the game. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. We were watching the game together. It was noticeable, absolutely noticeable, whereas without Tremaine Edmonds, there was no difference because Tremaine Edmonds sucks. (laughs) And I've said it from the very beginning, and I've also said from the very beginning, Matt Milano is a better linebacker than Tremaine Edmonds, and everyone's like, no. No, Edmonds to the Pro Bowl. For what? What has he done to warrant going to the Pro Bowl? Has anyone really told you that Milano is worse than Edmonds? I find that so hard to believe. Early on, I'm talking like when Milano just got onto the field and he was still trying to figure it out like year four, five, six, like or three, four, five, really. Year three, four, five of his career. Because Milano was drafted in 2017. He's in his seventh year right now as an NFL player. And he's with us for the next four years under his current contract. Who's drafted the same year as Trey? Trey White? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm not positive. No, because I thought Trey... No, no, no. Edmonds and Allen were the same draft class. Yeah. Trey was a separate draft class. Trey was the year before, and I think Milano was the year before, too. I yeah that might that might add up yeah and I always from literally day one I was like Matt Milano is a better linebacker through and through he just is and everyone said I was absolutely insane Edmonds is the answer in the future at that position and I was like he's not and he's clearly not he hasn't made a single highlight play since getting on the Bears and when the Bears played. I watched them against the Packers, and it was the same story. He yeah. can't shut a block. He's not fast downhill. He doesn't play downhill, and he sucks. So, And now we got Matt Milano with two picks in two weeks. So Matt Milano and Trey were in the same draft class. Okay. Which means Matt Milano and Trey White are 29 years old. Yes. They're getting old too, dude. Eh. What do you mean? Uh, you were just talking about our safety age. Their safety age are two years older than they are. Yeah, but that's way different. I don't know about that. Way different. I will say Milano still looks very young. He still looks like, looks like a 25-year-old. Matt Milano is going to outlast a lot of people. He just is. He might have CTE issues when he's like 50, <laughs> but he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. I am so glad we locked him up. So glad. 
because now it's, you know, what, what's also crazy is Mahomes just restructured his contract because of the whole Burroughs deal. So now I'm curious to see what Allen does. I don't think Allen's going to do anything until the end of the season. Allen's not that type of guy. No, he's not. He's not the type of guy to distract everybody to say, give me more money this year. He'll wait until the end. And he'll work with the team. Mahomes just bothers the hell out of me for so many reasons. But I think that this contract restructuring was specifically because he was not, not the highest paid quarterback, and he's like, I want to be. It just seems – how can – well, I guess – how can they afford him, Kelsey, and Chris Jones? They can't. And they I guess can't. they don't have any other playmakers besides those three, though. Correct, they don't. They're really relying on the offensive scheme to make the other weapons work. Yeah. The problem is they're not San Fran. Like, the 49ers have it dialed in because Shanahan's an actual genius. Like, Andy Reid is a phenomenal coach, absolute fantastic coach. He's offensive mindset heavy, obviously, but it's you're going to run out of money. When the contracts are that big and, like, the cap isn't there yet and you're spending that much, like, it just doesn't. Mahomes' contract makes sense in four years. It doesn't make sense right now. Like, from a league standpoint, the league's not making – like, the league's making a ton of money. But, I mean, $275 million to Burroughs, that's insane. Mm-hmm. It's just an insane amount of money. You know, the league minimum now is $750,000. That's wild. That's a yeah. lot of money. What's Vetman now? 1.2? I believe so. Something, Something like, like that, that yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It used to be 400000 yeah. for league minimum, you know? Can you imagine making 400000 to play a game? But you don't play. I know, right? If you're making league minimum, you're not playing. If anything, you're a special teamer, you know? What a great thing to do. You make as much as the president does to sit on a bench. That's true. That's what our president does right now, so. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (gasps) All right, so. (laughs) What? All of them, dude. We can talk about this next episode, but goddamn. Between him, Mitch McConnell, Fetterman, like, we're just so screwed, dude. I'm seeing so many people out of the woodwork that's just anybody under 80, please. Just run anybody under 80. Geriatric centric. It's so bad. We'll talk about that next week. But so, Bills lose week one. That was heartbreaking. It was very hard. Like, what? Something that we don't talk, that people in Buffalo don't talk about because we were so pissed off that we lost. <laughs> I genuinely feel bad for Rodgers. Yeah. Dude, he played four snaps. No, I get it. And his Achilles rebounded into his calf, and he was, like, I seriously feel bad for him. He's yeah. a good dude. That sucks for anybody. Yeah. I also feel bad for Nick Chubb. That did not look – that looked – I almost threw it's up. It's the same knee, too, from college. Yeah. I don't know, man. No, I don't it, know if he's yeah, coming back. His career is done. I really don't know if you can come back from that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that thing folded like a lawn chair. It, it was it's plant, like he planted down, and it just like – see, like it looked like he got amputated, but everything still stayed intact. It was so bad. There's been a lot of bad injuries. Rodgers was Monday night. The last three Monday night games, I saw this the other day. Last three Monday night games, DeMar Hamlin, Aaron Rodgers, and Nick Chubb. Was Nick Chubb on grass? I'm not sure. I don't know. Who are they playing? The Steelers. Yeah, yeah. must have been on grass. Yeah, I don't know. Steelers don't have turf. I don't think they've I don't think they've ever had turf. No. No, because the bus was just cranking. I think that was grass. 
and then Aaron Rodgers was on turf. He's also blaming like the OC and the field for calling the play calls where he's like, I don't want to do a bootleg on turf. And then he blamed Matt Stadium for having the worst turf in the entire NFL. He called both out. Well, do you think that his Achilles doesn't snap on grass? There's a lot of give on grass. There's a lot of give on grass. And I played on grass. Yeah. I also went to camps and other things and played on turf. Like Jamestown has turf. Um, Hamburg has turf. And then a lot of the camps that I went to was at like the field house um, out in Salins where Salins Sport Park, it's all turf and it's all indoor. Like it's, it hurts to land on that man. And probably slip it, on grass. And if, if he slipped or his foot moved even a little bit when he was falling down, it probably wouldn't have snapped. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there is, because there was no give. Yeah. That's the problem is like when you're wearing cleats and turf, even if you got the rubber pallet, like the, Pellets, yeah. yeah, the pellets, like it doesn't, there's no movement. So it just locks you in there. It's awful. It's awful. Even, I mean, it's not the same, but kind of the same. Even with baseball, when you play on different field conditions, that's why it's so important when, if there's rain, the game just kind of like stops for a little bit because it's, sometimes it's clay, sometimes it's dirt, depending on the diamond you're on. And like with your cleats, it's just a whole different, Yeah, it's a whole different thing. And it's, it's sketchy. It's really sketchy. But I remember going up for a pass, catching the ball and landing on my back, and my w- the wind just got absolutely taken out of me on turf. And then I did the basically the exact same thing, damn near on the same play, on grass, and I was fine. Like, it's just – it's way different. Yeah. Everything about it's different. Yeah, it's crazy. I, f- I feel bad for the dude. Like that it's was, cement. That was tough. But it, it's Chubb, cement and then rolled out. But Chubb was on grass. Uh-huh. And – that but was, he was already, even more bad. In, that was like a worse injury, dude. And it was, I mean, it was a bang-bang play when I watched it. Because like, I watched the actual play. Yeah. I didn't see it live, but I watched the actual play. Like, I found it and then mm-hmm. watched it. And I was like, okay, so it's not like it was so late. Then then the dude shows up and goes low. But he went right for his knee, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's an element of it where it's, like, dirty and cheap. Yeah. But then the other side of it, it's like, I mean, I was he trying to go hip? And then he just didn't engage it correctly i you know and obviously those dudes are flying around everyone on the field runs like a four five regardless of how big you are and four five slow for some positions (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) but okay so first week was bad rogers that it sucks that he um is now out for the season um do you think his career is over talking about chubb do you think rogers no no rogers is gonna come back chubb's i i literally don't know about chubb do you think rogers is coming back because of pride and he can't end his career like that yeah there's an element of that for sure but i also think that it's something he can recover from what was his deal with the jets was it a one-year deal no he resigned remember he resigned for like a two-year deal and took less money all right he initially signed for a year and then he resigned and restructured his contract so, what about week two? Week two. Oakland Raiders. I think everybody knew that. There was no way. Allen is like 15-1 and one coming off a three-turnover game. And he just has that in him where he's like, this isn't me right now. What were your thoughts on that game? That game plan overall, your thoughts going into it, and the Oakland Raiders in general? I want to see the Bills perform like that against Miami. That's my biggest takeaway. Because then it kind of shuts down some doubt. It kind of puts us back at the top of the AFC. It lets people know where we actually are as a team. We're still – we own our division. 
Like, don't question us. Don't doubt us. Um, Oakland's not a bad team, but it's still Oakland, yeah. right? I mean, there was a lot of injuries that they had going into that Sorry, game. Las Vegas. You're sure. Yeah, the Raiders. Devontae Adams leaves with concussions um, towards the end of the game. I think we did a good job defensively keeping him quiet for the most part. There was one play where it was just a scramble drill, and he you know, did the exact same thing Gabe Davis did mm-hmm. So, uh, just earlier. But I don't think Garoppolo is you know God. No. So really just forcing him to do something like with it. the ball. Correct. He's an attractive dude. Yeah, he's a stud. But, I mean, him – being forced to basically win the game, it's he's not going to do it. Whereas if like Mahomes, Burrow, or Allen are forced to win the game, they're going to do it. Same right. as Rodgers, right? Like that's a totally different caliber of quarterback. But I'm not surprised that we performed the way we did. I was really happy seeing the offensive line, like we talked about off camera, performing the way they did. Yep. Cook performing the way he did, and the defensive line just absolutely showing out. And they're like, we're gonna shut down Josh Jacobs, bro. Do, oh, do you remember the camera angle where they were on like their own one or whatever it was, and we were talking about like, oh, it's time for a safety, it's time for a safety, yeah. like get a safety. And Josh Jacobs gets into his stance, and it's the cameras behind him, and you see him get into his stance. I'm looking, dude, his ankles are like the size of my thigh. Yeah, he's a big dude. I was like, golly, like that dude is sad. Yeah. Like that's crazy to just try to like tackle that. Right. No thanks. You know what I mean? Like it makes sense why Milano's Milano, but right. it's just dude. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. It's ridiculous how big those dudes are. So the two complaints that I had through the game was red zone offense. Agreed. Because we sucked at that. And for some reason, I think this was more of a play on we know that we're going to win the game. 
so let's build confidence. But I hated the fact that we did not convert third downs and we went for it on fourth down. It was a confidence play. Like, we can do this. Let's go for it. But there's still an element to say you have a fourth down that's probably not the best. Like, get it done in third in three downs. What are your thoughts on, like, the no, third down offense? I agree. I definitely I see that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's no reason why we shouldn't with the caliber of offense that we have. I also loved the fact that we literally had three tight ends on the field for a couple plays where I was like, this is insane. Like, we're doing everything we possibly can to boost the offensive line to just move the ball. That's our new offense, I think. It is, yeah. Especially under Dorsey. Like, I think that he feels more comfortable calling those plays. Well, that's what he's used to. Yeah. When he played for Miami, he had two tight ends, mm-hmm. and he dominated. I mean, he was the winningest college quarterback ever. So I'm not surprised. That's why I'm, I also think that he was very heavy on we need Kincaid if possible, mm-hmm. going into the draft. And luckily he fell to us and we were able to, but I think he was pushing for a tight end. So this is a new segment that I want to do every week when we actually review a game because there's a difference between team game MVP and so far season MVP. Based off of last week's Raiders game, who do you think was the game MVP? And then currently, who do you think the season MVP is so far for our team? Through two games, I think both are Matt Milano. Yeah. You? I think game MVP for this one, just just to stay, stay different, because I do think that Milano has been insanely productive to the point where it doesn't even make sense. Like, both of his interceptions were so freaking good. Bernard had a good game. He's not the game MVP. He had a decent game. He got that interception off the tip. I, I would argue that the game MVP was Spencer Brown just because of the way that he handled one of the arguably the best pass rushers in the entire game. I would also say, or in the, the entire league, I would also say the game MVP would be James Cook with just how he was able to manage the entire offensive scheme and be able to change the dynamic of how people pl- or how that team played us that week. Cook having 136? I thought it was 25. 126? Yeah, either way. Over 100. Huge for him. Huge for him. And you could tell he was just waiting to break one. Like he was, it was one arm away. And he was like, damn, if I could have just broken that one arm tackle, like I, that's easily to the house. He's got the speed, he's got the quickness. His body can move in ways that make absolutely no sense, and I'm, I'm stoked for him. Yeah. Stoked for him. But I agree. Season so far is Milano. There's, yeah. no, there's no way you watch that game, even if you're not a Bills fan, there's no way you watch that game and say, I don't know who 58 is anymore. No, he's everywhere. He's literally on every single play. All the time. Every single play. We've talked about this separately, and I've talked about this with other people. Why do you think he doesn't call plays on the defense? Because it's not a requirement that middle linebacker wears a green dot. No, but for the Bills' defense, it is. And I think that's the only reason why. I find it very hard to believe that we would put a green dot on somebody that's very inexperienced and not as good just based off of precedent. There has to be another reason why. Do you think it's because... I don't remember if it was you were saying this or if it was Tom saying this, but do you think it is because... They're just like, dude, you're crushing it. 
Let's not have any distractions for you. Let's not have you try to analyze plays. Just do what you do best and play the fucking game because you are the best linebacker in the NFL right now. That was not me, so it must have been Tom. <laughs> the I don't think it's that because when you're yeah, at fuck that, you, Tom. <laughs> well, hear me out. But also, yeah, fuck you. Tom. <laughs> when you're at that level, it's the same as an offensive lineman. You need and want to know every other position. So when you're playing middle linebacker, you want to know the outside linebacker's jobs. And you also want to know where the defensive linemen are lining up for that play. And if they're out of position, you get them into position. And that starts at high school. Like, that's a high school level thing. (laughs) When you're the middle linebacker, you want to start to learn – the other linebackers, if you see a D-tackle or a D-end out of the gap responsibility that he's supposed to be in, you shift him over. Or if you just see something that doesn't look right, then you just, you you know, you basically take your half step forward, smack him on the hip, and then he'll literally just shift over and fill that hole. Like, that's a part of playing the position. That's why it's so much fun, because you're you're literally seeing everything, and you know that you got help in the back whether it's one high or two high safety look or whatever you're running, like that's what's fun about playing defense where offense is so scripted. It's so, and like with defense, you're kind of like, it's, it's slightly reactionary and vice versa or whatever. Offensive linemen, you want, you know, basically your best tackles can play both left and right side. Your guards can play tackle as well. Like you want to look for that. That's why Bates is so important or, Having a center that can bounce and go to a different position is so important. Mm-hmm. Generally, the center is the most intelligent out of the whole group. So I don't think it's them telling Matt Milano, just go ball out. I don't think it's that. I think that they're really just sticking to what their their system is so that they have the right guy in the right spot and everything is what it is. Not to say that Milano can't do that position. I just think that it's not necessary. True. It's also not a strong suit. His strong suit is outside linebacker. So there might be an element of just keeping him there so that he can do what he's good at. And that's that's a part of any good, you know, any good leader is just gonna put his assets in the best spot for them, right? And knowing their capabilities. So like go do your thing. But I don't think they're preventing him from calling plays because of that. I think that it's just the middle linebacker's role to call the plays and wear that earpiece and just tell the defense. What they probably have done since Edmonds has left is change what it looks like, where they're like, this is what it is, opposed to, hey, this is what it is. You have, you know, options two, five, and six on your wrist. And then once he gets to the line and sees what the offense is showing him, he just may be like, hey, we're going to switch to six. Like, this is better suited because he knows that. Bernard might not be there yet, but I think it's just like, hey, just run this. And then he gets the guys in the huddle, and then he goes, hey, like, we're running number five. Do you think there's ever going to be a switch to Williams as the middle linebacker? And if so, what week would you forecast it being? Because for me, so far what I've seen, he's – it doesn't seem – it seems like right now we're getting by with one bad quarterback play because neither of these quarterbacks that we've been playing have been particularly great but and, like, not really great teams. But for me, <clears throat> I've been seeing some, like, low-level chaos at the defense, and we're getting by just because we're a really good defense. 
I would say that Dorian Williams comes in at week five. What do you want out of Bernard? Not to mess up. And where, I've been where has he messed up? The same thing that Tremaine does. I've watched him run right into blocks the same way that Tremaine Edmonds does. He's not hitting the gaps. He's not doing great. He got that one interception. But, like, it doesn't seem, and maybe this is just because he's new, but it doesn't seem like he's fostering a lot of confidence in the defense. It seems like everybody's kind of just, like, walking around and just getting by because of bad quarterback play, but we're an elite talent. It's just no one's conducting the defense right now, which is another reason why I feel like just putting that green dot on Milano would mean so much because that defense respects the shit out of him. And it would be a completely different leadership under him. But part of me kind of believes the fact that, dude, just let Milano do what he's doing because clearly it's working. Are you not against Dodson being or Bernard being in? Dodson, Jesus Christ. Are you not against Bernard being the middle linebacker? So far, no, but honestly, I've spent the first two weeks watching more of the D-line than I have the linebackers. And then just kind of seeing how we respond didn't – what they're running against our D-line, because I know that they know that we're running a roto. So I haven't been paying a ton of attention to Bernard all in all. Like, I used to watch Edmonds solely for 95% of the game. Well, that's out of spite. You were like, mess up, mess up, It wasn't even that, but I was like, dude, just do better, you know? And, like, I went to the Dolphins-Bills playoff game last year, and I w- I, we had great seats, and I was watching him in person, and he still couldn't cloud and clear. And I'm like, dude. And then he finally had the one hit in the flat. It was like the one wow yeah. hit of his entire career as a Bill. And I'm like, dude, if you could do that twice a game every other week, it would make the world of a di- And he yeah. can't. He just could never do it. But then you get Milano just coming up and literally breaking the Jets quarterback in half, right? Like Zach Wilson dies. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, I, I literally want to collect your sweat and put it in a petri <laughs> dish and, like, clone you so that we have more of you on our defense. Yeah. Like, it's just the other element, too, is I don't know if Bernard ever played safety like Milano did in college. Right. You know, like, Milano brings a lot to the table that other guys don't. That's why it's like, why not have him call the D? So do you think Williams will be in or no? Because Williams has the athletic ability. He's way faster. Exactly. He has that athletic ability, but smaller than Edmonds was. And oh, well, if yeah. He, if he has even a remote increase in actual productivity than Edmonds does, he's going to be amazing. The thing is, he's just smaller by a couple inches. What's interesting is... Bernard got hurt and he still won the starting job and I think a lot of it is to see yeah. what he's like capable of and I think Williams just doesn't have the defense down yet. Does a lot of moving parts to yeah, it, I'm sure. 100%. So I'm curious once he actually gets a handle of it, year 2 or 3 he might take the job through and through and just be like this is this is my house now. So you don't think he's going to take it this year? If anything it'll be very late or if there's an injury. I don't think I think it'll be Bernard through the entire season. Mm-hmm. But, and I I think a lot of it is because of comfortability and and just time in the system. Yeah. All right. So looking towards week three, what are your key players on Washington that you're Bro, looking at? Bro, I don't know a damn thing about Washington really? other than their name sucks. <laughs> Did you hear my high school changing their name? We're called the Chiefs. 
That's the least derogatory. What are you changing it to? I don't know, dude. Probably something even worse somehow that's going to offend another group of people in 20 years. But the Chiefs, that is the least derogatory term. And there's so many sports teams that have the Chiefs as their name, but we're changing it. It's so dumb. Since when? A couple weeks ago, I think. Who voted for that? I don't know, dude. Alma sucks. I'm never living there. <laughs> so, Washington Commanders, their big players are their entire defensive line. Their defensive line is one of the best in the entire league. With Chase Young, with um, Montez Sweat, with uh, who's the other two? There's Their entire offense, our defensive line, is top two, if not the best, in the entire football league. Well, they've also had, like, the top pick for the last, like, nine years. Correct. They also have a good running back in Brian Robinson, the dude that got shot in the ass during the carjacking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's back, and he's actually mad good. They have a second running back, Antonio Gibson, who's also decent, and they have scary Terry McLaurin, who is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the entire game. He just has never had a good quarterback throwing him the ball. And Ron Rivera came out and said, you know what? I thought Sam Howell was basically trash. He's a great quarterback. So now we're playing him. So really from what I'm looking at with the Commanders game is can Trey White take away um, McLaurin because he's a great wide receiver and can our offensive line handle this four pass rush of their defensive line because it's that good. I'm not concerned about the running back because what's we the key Jacobs. to the game for us? Get the ball out quick. Yeah. Okay. More, more of exactly what happened last week. Okay. I think I truly believe if we stick to the game plan we had against the Raiders, where it's let the defense dictate what Josh throws, and Josh doesn't get crazy unless. It's late in the game, or he really needs to. I think that that's a winning game plan for the entire year. I don't see how that doesn't work. Agreed. Which is what bothers me, because I know that everyone else knows that. But Josh just gets bored, I think. He's in the backfield, and he's like, I don't want to pass the three yards to digs on a slant route across the middle when they're playing zone. I don't want to do that. I don't want to try to thread the needle between the middle linebacker and the cornerback. Is there? He's like, I just don't want to do that. I want to throw it deep to Davis and just have him go up and get it, which bothers me. Yeah, it's annoying because it's hero ball. But I feel like if he does that same game plan from last week, there's no reason why we can't go all the way. Washington's weird because you look at them on the calendar and you're just like, okay. And then when you actually dive into it, you're like, dude, I'm almost like I have to worry about certain things, and it's I don't want to worry about these kind of things. I'm most worried about our pass rush because as soon as Allen gets rushed and pressured, that's when he starts kind of making these weird, these weird uh, plays. I'm gonna pull up the Washington's depth chart right now for because I know Chase Young. He's also been injury prone since he got into yeah. the league, so I know about him, and he's like annoyingly large. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's huge. So I don't. I mean, yeah. That's. Uh, are we watching it together? Good. I don't see why not. I don't have anything else going on. It's Sunday at one o'clock. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I'm fried. Never mind. What do you mean you're fried? I had to go to my dad's for his birthday, and then I have a surprise party we'll after see. that. I totally forgot about. God damn it! I know I'm a dumpster fire. Can you not do Dude, that ever I'm again? Living my life quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Family. 
I'm your family. You are. Also, side note, did you know that the Tony Soprano? You've seen The Sopranos, right? No, never seen The Sopranos. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, coming this week. You knew that. Shut up. I did. We've talked about this before because I told you I've never seen The Sopranos. Anyway, so McLaurin, he's an issue. He's going to be an issue. Logan Thomas, he was the their tight end. He was actually on our team for a very long time. He's very good. He's a very good tight end. Sam Howell loves him, but he just got an insanely cheap shot in the end zone last week. The dude um, is probably going to get suspended. That hit him, and he's in concussion protocol right now. So I'm not sure if he's going to play. But um, wait, the Broncos dude that hit him in the end zone? Yeah, number twenty two or whatever. Yeah, that was our tight end that we had. Yeah, I didn't know that. And um, twenty two did the same thing week last one. week. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't get suspended though. No, he got he, fined. Right, he didn't get suspended, but I think he's going to get suspended this week. Um, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, they're. 2A, 2B wide receivers. They're decent, but they're not crazy. Uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are going to be something to watch. Okay, so here's the here's the defensive line for Washington. Montez Sweat is D, the D end on the left side, I think. That's a very unattractive name. Darren Payne, who's an insanely good Darren, uh, defensive tackle. Jonathan Allen, who's an insanely good defensive tackle. And Chase Young. That's their front four. They have but easily they never one of, rotate. No, they have easily one of the best defensive line though in the game. So if they can break our offensive line, which is going to be a question, we can have an issue. But the rest of their team, I mean, name somebody else on this def- defense that you know. James uh, Jamin Davis, never heard of him. Cody Barton, Kendall Fuller, I've heard of. Benjamin Saint Just, Emmanuel Forbes, Carmen Cayman Curl, and Derek Forrest. Who in that secondary are you scared of? So if Allen just gets even a second of time and the defense or the offensive line can hold up just a little bit, the game is ours. It's just that pass rush and our run attack is going to be very difficult. But we run the two tight ends, hit the D end on the way out. I don't see why we can't win. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this week. Anything else you want to add today before we close it out? Close it out, Michael. Go Bills. Everyone, thank you for uh, for coming. We appreciate you listening and supporting our show. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe on YouTube. It's free. It costs nothing. You're just seeing a Gmail because YouTube is weird. Uh, make sure that you are following our Patreon if you are not. And we are actually about to dive into a phone call with our sponsor, Queen City Creative Works, for the upcoming Patreon care package. That will be happening as soon as we stop recording tonight so we're excited for that otherwise we do have more content releasing on our other channel which is bh or whiskey talk with bhh we have some reviews to do bro we do so excited for that um and then otherwise keep following our content we appreciate you all for the continued uh viewership and thank you for sharing our clips because we appreciate that cost nothing and it helps get the word out so Uh, Feel free to head over and follow us at the official Buffalo Happy Hour on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Buffalo Happy Hour on YouTube if you want to watch our shows. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, etc. We appreciate you all. Um, To round out this episode, we'll switch it up. Uh, 
if you do drink with us as well, uh, just make sure that you do drink responsibly. Derek? Number two? You gotta say no, number no, no. two. You say number two, and then I'll say to my, my number three. Be a good person. And don't litter. We are out. We're out. I'm not saying that's the end of the world. I'm not saying that's the end of the world.